Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tessa of WrestleZone.com, and I'm joined by John Clark to talk about a, a mixed bag of, of an episode of Monday Night Raw. John, how you doing? Doing pretty good. It's great to be back. Pretty good show. Can't really complain too much. How you doing? John, I'm... I don't know. I don't know how I am. It was um, a very odd, odd roller coaster. Is just the only word that like comes to mind for Raw tonight. There's there's a lot to like. There's some stuff not to like, or to perhaps even dislike. And I mean, we'll obviously talk all about it. But before we do, just want to remind you all of this show, like everything we do here at WrestleZone, is available on any number of our streaming platforms, whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. So, John, we might as well start off here. Uh, with the main event and what happened afterwards. Now, when we when they announced that Nikki, uh, sorry, when Ray Ripley and Charlotte Flair would be facing off for the, the the for the title again and the main event tonight, you had to expect there'd be something. There'd be something to make it worthwhile. Something to to that that would you know necessitate it being the main event match. A lot of people, myself included, probably expected Becky Lynch to show up or or something else to happen. Um, Johnny, you and I had previously talked about it that we, we expected Ray Ripley and Charlotte Flair to continue this feud to SummerSlam. And that could still happen. We got but we got this match between Ray Ripley and Charlotte Flair tonight on Raw. A rematch for the title. Uh Charlotte retained via disqualification, but then Ray Ripley beat her down and uh Ray Ripley uh, sorry the Nikki Ash or ASH ran to the ring, cast in on Charlotte Flair and won the Raw Women's Championship. John, what do you think about this? Uh I got Thoughts on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, I'm a little, I wouldn't say upset, but I'd say maybe more surprised that they chose to yet again. It seems like every year this happens where somebody cashes in like immediately after they won the briefcase, whether it be that night or the next night or the week after. I mean, pretty much last year with Asuka, I mean, the next night she was gifted the title. Uh, and then the year before that, Bailey cashed in that night. And now tonight you have Nikki Ash the night after. Uh, so it's like the women aren't really getting long runs with the briefcase, which I mean, I mean if, if Biggie gets that, I guess it's okay. But um, I thought that uh, one of two things was going to happen. Obviously it was either going to be Becky or, or the cash in was going to happen. I mean, it, this wasn't just going to end with like Charlotte winning and then that would be it. Like right. the, you just knew that wasn't going to happen. So uh, when Nikki came out and, and won, it was nice. They were obviously cutting it real close for time. They didn't really have enough time to show the celebration afterwards, but uh, I'm sure we'll have more developments next week. Uh, I'm more interested in the path forward because we've already been told that uh, Becky is really close to coming back, uh, and I think that Sasha is too. And I, I'm pretty sure we're going to get Sasha and Bianca again for SmackDown. So one would have to assume that Becky would come back on Raw. But I, I, I don't know how I feel personally about just Becky versus Nikki Ash one-on-one. To me, that doesn't make sense. So I, I honestly think we could be somehow heading in the direction of a fatal four-way here. Uh, with Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Nikki Ash. I think that might be the new plan. But, I mean, it's very intriguing right now with the direction they're going in this feud because we thought for sure, okay, we're going to get maybe a triple threat, maybe Charlotte versus Becky, something involving Becky. But to me, a one-on-one between Becky and Nikki just doesn't make sense. So um, right now, with Nikki winning... Uh, where do you think we go from here? What's the path forward in this kind of women's division on Raw? Before I answer, I just want to work through some of these comments here because definitely people are streaming in with some thoughts. Tony Kanem Karan, sorry if I'm not pronouncing that right, saying, out of freaking nowhere, uh, Nikki A.S.H. is the new Raw Women's Champion after she cashed in. I mean, yeah, this was very much a, a surprise cash-in, a, a very sudden cash-in in that sense. So, uh, you know, definitely unexpected in that sense and definitely getting some questions about wondering how long we see Nikki A.S.H. holding the, holding the title. Now she has it. Uh, and you mentioned we don't know 
where we're going to go from here, whether it's a, a triple threat match, as we're getting some comments suggesting that. You mentioned that Fatal 4-Way, if you, if you factor in Becky. I think that's a possibility. I, I can't help but think this will probably be a short reign, you know, whether it's putting the title back on Ray Ripley or or if Becky Lynch does come back. And and, and, and and that's part of why I said the fact that you're having people cash in the next night and then you're not capitalizing on it because of the few, like for example, Otis, it didn't work out. Baron Corbin, it didn't work out. Um, and then you go, I mean, even Carmella, when she cashed in, it didn't really last very long. I mean, Bailey, obviously, it worked out very well. Oscar, it worked out very well. Uh, but I mean, I completely agree with you. Uh, I, I just don't, to me, it's almost in a situation where like, they have this the women's ladder match because obviously now they're obligated to do so. They can't just quit having a women's ladder match, obviously. Right. right. Um, and and the fact that they don't have any long term plans and the fact that Nikki won so surprisingly makes me think that you might be right. Where they thought well, we're going to have her win, cash in immediately the next night just for that pop, that short term whatever, and then she's going to lose it probably. I've already seen people saying that she will not enter SummerSlam as a champion. Wow. I do think I do think she will enter SummerSlam as a champion, but I don't think she's leaving SummerSlam as a champion. Especially if we have like a fatal four way or a triple threat or whatever. I don't think she would be involved in the pin, but I don't think she's leaving with the championship. Uh, I do think, like I mentioned before we started the show, they're bumping those numbers up for Charlotte. A twenty four hour reign to get her to number eleven. Uh, she could very well be at number twelve a month from now. I agree. As, as we were just talking about, Stephen Chambers saying could be a triple threat match here with Nikki, Charlotte, and Ray Ripley. Uh, and Herman Dakar saying probably won't be a long title reign for Nikki A.S.H. here. And again, I would probably agree with that. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I gave my thoughts about it last night on the Money in the Bank post show. Um, the, the likely direction here, yeah, you got to bump up those numbers somehow for Charlotte. This is a very easy way to do it. Uh, you're not always going to have those long title reigns when you're racking up you know, double digit titles, you know, it's it just, uh, that's just the way it is. So um, for me, I do, I do like the idea of, of that fatal four way. You're John, you're just saying uh, that you don't necessarily see a one-on-one -on -one match with Nikki ASH and Vicky, or sorry, Becky Cross, Damn. Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. I'm all over the place. Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. I would agree. That does not really feel like a SummerSlam level match. They've done a nice job repackaging Nikki ASH. They, they can't build a feud of that caliber in the next four weeks. It just won't work. But you can easily build her into a fatal four-way where she comes back and she's like, you know, I had to forfeit my title and now I'm back for my obligated rematch, whatever you want to call it. And then obviously they cash in. So Charlotte and Rhea have their argument to be made there. Uh, there's all kinds, all four of these women have an argument, obviously Nikki being the champion now. Um, I just hope they, even if it is a month and that's it, I just hope it's worthwhile. Uh, my, uh, WrestleZone universal rankings had come out earlier today and Nikki wasn't even ranked. And then she goes and just like completely out of nowhere because I mean, uh, for those of you that don't know, I was at, I was at the pay-per-view and when she won, it was like, what is going on here? Like nobody expected this or anything like that. And so she went from not being ranked at all to being number 13 in the rankings. And this was before Ross started. So just imagine now that she's a champion from third from being not ranked to probably top 10 in two weeks is a huge jump for a superstar to make and especially one that has just basically the second week with a new name and a new gimmick a month into the gimmick but a two month two weeks into the name change and now she's a top 10 arguably top three or four female superstar in the entire company that to me, that's definitely worth celebrating or recognizing. You know, the Nikki Cross, now as we know, or Nikki Ash had gone several months without being on TV, with just being on main event, uh, and, and now it's in a very pretty quick, pretty quick turnaround. She won Money in the Bank, and then next night she's a champion. So, you know, good for her. Obviously, a very hard worker. You know, she's 
a lot of people like her. My, I, I'm a big fan of her myself. So I, I definitely like that. I, I'm, I'm happy for her in that sense. I've made it pretty clear uh, for a couple of weeks that I'm not the biggest fan of this, you know, superhero gimmick. This is the way they've been presenting it. But at the very least, I, I can appreciate the fact that she is getting this opportunity. And I think that's exciting. And, you know, more often than not, I just want, you know, un unpredictable things. And and we had been very firmly predicting that we would get Ray Ripley and Charlotte Flair uh, kind of through SummerSlam. And that could still happen, as we've been talking about, in a Fatal 4-Way threat match. Uh, getting several comments, including from Nesha Kirsch and Fernando Nando, that Becky Lynch might uh, show up on SmackDown and, and yeah, be on that side of things. I think that's... Obviously, it's a possibility. We've got one of two possibilities here uh, overall with SmackDown. So I think it's possible. Uh, if that does happen, I mean, there there is something worth, I mean, worth talking about. And it's kind of funny where roughly a month ago, we were sitting here kind of criticizing Nikki Cross, Charlotte Flair, Ray Ripley, the, like the, th the three-way feud they had going with the Beat the Cock Challenge. And now, long-term booking, um, one month later, Nikki A.S.H. is their all-women's champion. She cashed in on Charlotte. Um, there, There is something kind of ironic about that. Uh, and, and so if, if they do proceed with this kind of triple threat match in that sense and go over, uh, continue that three-way feud there, uh, regardless of Becky Lynch, I think that'd be kind of fitting, I guess, for lack of a better word. I mean, just kind of a continuation of sorts. So, you know, for me, didn't really expect that direction, but I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. And I, again, at the very least, it's it's something that I hadn't really seen coming. So for that, for that at least, I can say... You know, all right. Uh, let's see how it goes. And and again, good for Nikki Cross. And I'm I'm just intrigued at the, at the very least. You know, but overall, there's a lot to dig into for Monday Night Raw tonight, and we'll we'll get into all of it. Some good, some bad. Like I said, uh, I want to talk about some something good here, something that I really tended to enjoy a lot, and that was the beginning of the show. John Cena is back. John, you were there at Money in the Bank last night when John Cena came back to. One of the best uh, pops I've heard, even just from from, uh, from the TV. You were there in person. Walk us through it. What was that like seeing John Cena back? And then we talked about John Cena being on Raw tonight and what he had to say. You 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 don't normally get somebody winning a match at the end of a pay per view and just randomly cutting a promo if something's not going to happen. And when the match, when Roman initially won the match, and the like, as usually happens with the main event. People that want to be traffic will start to run out of the arena when the main event ends. And I was telling people, like, don't leave yet. Just don't leave yet. The guy beside me was like, and I was like, you do. I think John Cena's coming out. And this guy's like, oh, no, he's not coming out. So I have my phone, and I'm, I'm waiting for it. And then his music hits. And uh, I've been to, I've literally been to, I've been to 50 WWE events in the last 10 years or so. This was easily the biggest pop anybody's ever gotten and it was nobody was booing people were just legit cheering him it was great to see uh, i was in a really good spot to get his whole promo on video posted it on twitter it blew up went over the place and um and then tonight he shows up on raw uh, uh obviously it was for the the ratings boost there because he only really addressed smackdown and roman reigns and why he was back and I think this was kind of the only time we'll see him on Raw, at least I would think, where he was like saying on Raw, I'm only here because I want Roman, I want the Universal title. So I think that was kind of like a, maybe like a send-off for him to SmackDown because he's been known for being on Raw most of his career. So now he's going to go to SmackDown this Friday in Cleveland, which uh, I, I'll be there as well. Um, so have more coverage with you there. Uh, but uh, as far as tonight goes... Then his interaction with Riddle was pretty entertaining too, but uh, it's nice to see him back. It's nice to see, even though they didn't, I don't think they actually made this match official. They probably will this Friday, I would assume. Uh, but what do you think about this? I mean, m make no doubt about it. I think we can all agree that Cena's not going to win because he's probably leaving after SummerSlam, but it's still a big match, which I think will probably, you probably agree too. This will be the main event of SummerSlam, the last match. Oh, yeah. uh, what do you think about with this uh, lineup we got here with the uh, Cena and Reigns? I mean, I tweeted about it before Raw started tonight, uh, and I was I was thrilled seeing him back at Summer. Uh, sorry, at uh, Money in the Bank this weekend. Uh, for me, John Cena was my Hulk Hogan when I was a kid. Like that was the guy that I grew up with as as the top guy. 
uh, and now having them back in the fold, however long it might last, it's it's a special thing. You know, I I was someone that always, um, if I didn't necessarily love John Cena, I could at least appreciate him for what he did for the company, for what he brought to the table. Uh, and now just the pure nostalgia is having him back. You know, I feel like I'm 10 years old again and it's fun. And, and, and like, I've probably grown a little jaded over the years, but just seeing him back, it just kind of stirs that, you know, very raw, you know, wrestling fan in me. And, and again, it just takes me back in time like that. So no, I would absolutely agree. He, he very likely in my mind won't win at SummerSlam. I think it'll be a, a very good, uh, a good, good feud, good match. And it'll really elevate Roman. Uh, some, some people saying that they think that Cena will win. I don't think so. Michael Kerr. I'm agreeing that you know he's he's gonna leave again. I, I think that Roman will win at SummerSlam and Seth Rollins will beat Edge at SummerSlam and then we'll move into the fall where we'll see Roman and Seth start their, their program. Uh, I think that's what we'll get this fall. I agree. And and if that's the case, you know, they, they very much are nicely building to that gradually they're obviously now focusing on Cena and Reigns and, and Rollins and Edge, but then it's very clear that that is a very uh, compelling possibility. I'd like to see that DJ Castillo pointing out Cena said in that off air promo last night that he is back. He's not leaving again. I mean, well, that, that's, he that's, said, that's what, he, said he was back as in a sense of he's, uh, he's not going to just stick around for one or two shows. Uh, and I don't think I, he'll be here for probably one or two months and that's it. Don't expect to see him the rest of the calendar year. We already know he has a movie to film at the end of August. I think we're going to get a good month out of him. I wouldn't be surprised if he did maybe do a couple of the house shows over the next month just to kind of get some in-ring work and stuff like that, sell some tickets. But, yeah, I think me and you can both agree that two months tops for him. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. And however long it might last, I, I'm happy about it. You know, for, for just seeing him out there doing what he does best, firing up the crowd, getting the cheap pops uh, to start the show tonight. You know, just it's... It's a good time, right? He's there's very few people that can really rile up a crowd, at least in the business today, like like John Cena. That that's what he does. That's what he's here for. Uh, and with the fans being back now, that is exactly what uh, WWE needs. Um, so for me, yeah, I, I, he, it could end next month, and you know, I'll just appreciate that we that we got this right. We had we went we went through the whole stretch of the pandemic era without John Cena, without. Uh, a lot of a lot of you know big names and now uh, presumably at some point soon Becky Lynch will come back we've got son John Cena back for now um so that you know that's adding this nice positive you know buzz. what while you're talking about it you might as well go into the next big guy that came back go ahead talk, tell us about it I want to talk about Keith Lee, but you, you know, let's let's work backwards here. Goldberg came back, and John, you and I talked about this. I think it was last week. This has yep. largely largely been rumored that Goldberg or Oldberg, as we've gotten some comments about uh, here in the comment section, will be challenging Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. And I did I didn't want to believe it, John. I I didn't want it. I didn't want it to be true. I just if they if they couldn't do Brock if they couldn't pull off Brock Lesnar, I was like they got it. I don't know I don't know what it would have been, but I was like I hope they would have done something else. But no, Goldberg came out tonight and did what Goldberg does. He just said I'm next, and and, and that's it. <laughs> I will I will say I will say he got a great pop. So uh, there is that. Can't he always that. does though. It's he just does. it's it's natural. Like it's always going to happen just because it's him. Like it's like one of those things. It's like an unwritten rule. You have to chant Goldberg when Goldberg comes out. You just, you have to, but uh, going off what you said there, um, a possibility that I thought if, if neither of those two would have been Keith Lee and when Keith Lee's music hit tonight, because he returned too, I thought, well, maybe just maybe these two will have a SummerSlam feud, but then he loses clean to Bobby Lashley and, not going to lie, Keith Lee didn't look good as far as like looking strong. Like He pretty much got his ass kicked by Bobby Lashley, and that doesn't do him any favors, but I mean, we assume he's back now, so that's nice. That's good for him, but then Goldberg comes out, and that was expected. The rumor leaked a couple of weeks ago that I was going to be the plan, and you couldn't help but to think, well, there's nobody else, so it must be him. He comes out, but I'm okay with this, and let me tell you why I'm okay with this. If he loses, I'm okay with this. If he wins and beats Bobby Lashley, right. then there's probably going to be a couple problems. But I think sort of how like Roman is going to look stronger from Cena, we think. 
Uh, I think Lashley could look stronger by by beating Goldberg, and that benefits him. I get the argument where hey, Goldberg's lost two title matches in a row. He just shows up and gets a title match. Well, John Cena is doing the same thing. He shows up and gets a title match. Um, you can complain as much as you want. He gets ratings. He gets people in the seats. So if you really don't want him there, don't watch and don't buy tickets when he's in a match. Problem solved. Uh, and, and and people all people have. I was told this all weekend from people, and I don't understand how they can think this. I was told that there is no such thing as a casual fan in wrestling anymore, and that could not be any more further from the truth. There definitely are th- such things as casual fans because, like tonight, the rating is probably going to skyrocket just like it did for SmackDown. Do you think those are hardcore fans that are watching when the rating goes up? No. Those are the casual fans that are only watching because it's a big name or something big is going to happen that they want to see. Goldberg is one of those people, just like Brock Lesnar, just like John Cena, just like Kurt Angle, whoever, that you're going to watch when he's on TV because you just want to see what happens. You know, So um, I, I, I think it's going to be a nice feud the next couple of weeks. It's going to be the typical Goldberg feud where he comes out, a war of words every week, and Lashley might beat a couple people up leading up to the match, but uh, what do you think about this SummerSlam feud and the long-term plan here for Bobby Lashley? I still think they're holding out hope they can get Lesnar back, so I don't think Lashley's dropping this belt anytime soon. It's all too easy to see the at least possibility that uh, that Goldberg will beat Lashley because that's what happened to the fiend two years ago. I guess no, I guess that was what last year. I yes. Um, yeah, and somebody could be kind of built up as this dominant champion, and they could kind of seem unstoppable. And that's largely what the fiend was. Then he meets Goldberg, and Goldberg wins, and, and there you have it. And I wouldn't necessarily expect that. I'm just saying you do look at that track record and say it's very least a, a distinct possibility. Granted, we are sitting here saying the exact same thing about Drew McIntyre and, and Goldberg uh, this past January. Goldberg faced Drew McIntyre uh, at the Royal Rumble. Largely, very same thing. Goldberg showed up. He's like, I'm next. And they cut a promo about how Drew was disrespecting legends and all that stuff. Um, and then thankfully Drew won and, and we moved on. Uh, but for me, that's the actual, the prop, the root of the problem here. Not even the fact that we're st- the WWE is still relying on Goldberg like this or, you know, doing the same thing. That, that, that is the problem. But at the same time, it's just the, literally on paper, Goldberg lost the Royal Rumble. Uh, and before that did the same thing, came out, demanded a title match, and only really qualified for it because of his past accomplishments. Here he's coming off a loss six months ago, and just you know, presumably gets is he's going to get a lost a loss to somebody that Bobby Lashley has beaten like five times now Correct. in a row. <laughs> Correct. So that that for me is the the real problem in that like that's why uh, you know I'm not necessarily very excited about it. Um, and and there is that 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 ballad concern that that Lashley will lose. I, I really I don't think he will logically, but you know, more emotionally or, or you know, again, knowing that sometimes you know Vince McMahon, WWE, they do look Goldberg's way and think, okay, this guy, John, you were just saying, people cheer, people react, he gets the ratings, all those things. That is very much part of the narrative here. So uh, I feel like the odds are in Lashley's favor, but at the same time, there is that. Um, distinct possibility uh, and and we're talking about the you know long-term plans and, and you know we all wonder about keith lee uh yeah it was very disappointing for me to see keith lee lose like this you mentioned he didn't really look impressive in the match itself like he wasn't booked to look very you know imposing in terms of like he didn't really bring all too much of a fight to lashley so for me this is a guy that we haven't seen him on wwe tv since february and a lot of people have been hoping he'd come back, whether challenging Sheamus for the U.S. title or Johnny mentioned, you know, in, in a world where you can't have Brock Lesnar last year for SummerSlam, maybe bring Lee back and build him up pretty quickly for SummerSlam. And then to have the, have this happen where he just kind of loses decisively and, you know, the just like kind of colloquially get, get jobbed out. Not the best look for a guy that has so much potential that's been booked as a you know what when, when, when he's been on the show hasn't booked as a very uh bright rising star and, and now he's back 
presumably he's back on the show. Yeah. But now, now he's kind of in that Damian Priest territory of like he, he came in, looked pretty good, got a good got a good run, and now and now what? Right. And, and uh, that- I'd like to hear. Hopefully, now that he's back, he'll somehow cut a promo where he will share his story. Maybe he did mention that when he came back, he would explain everything why he was gone. I hope we do get that clarification. Yeah. Uh, even if it's maybe it's on a personal level, maybe they just storylines to say something, but they need to give some kind of an explanation about why he's been gone because there was no ever announcement that he was injured or anything like that. They should clarify what it is. And then as far as his future goes, I would like to think that maybe he would get a chance at Lashley again, but the way that he was kind of like dismantled tonight, it wouldn't make sense. So I'm not sure. Maybe draft time he goes to SmackDown, gets a chance at Roman or something. Uh, I'm just not quite sure where he goes from here because he just came back. He lost clean, didn't look very good at all. Uh, Like now what, you know? Yeah. And and there are any number of of good possibilities for him. Obviously, again, he's got all that potential, and there are any number of ways that you could kind of rebuild him. You mentioned John him going to SmackDown, uh, and this this comment from Fenster Nando wondering if we could see a Big E Keith Lee feud, kind of like Cesaro versus Sheamus from a couple years ago. I thought like that idea. I mean, any number of ways that you could kind of just uh, I don't want to say salvage his main roster run, but to kind of just you know. I don't know, damage control and just kind of reestablish him as a, you know, a, a bright rising star. Like I said, a minute ago, um, I I'm, I'm hopeful they'll find a way to do that. But again, they, they are kind of in the spot where having him lose to last like this, they're maybe facing an uphill battle in the short term of like, okay, this guy just came back. Now he's lost so decisively. And again, the, 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 the moral of the, or the, the takeaway is now what? And I, I just don't know what that is. Uh, obviously the, the, another big story tonight was, um, Karrion Cross debuting on Monday Night Raw and losing to Jeff Hardy via a roll-up. Jeff Hardy had the No More Words theme, so that was cool. Um, boy, Karrion Cross losing to Jeff Hardy here. Not the way I would have liked to see it happen. John, you're waving your hand at me. What? what you, did, you, did you like to see this happen? Uh, I was completely fine with how it went. Uh, as I mentioned, Jeff Hardy getting his theme back. You can't have him lose when he gets his theme back. Um, and that's why I'm fine with how they did it on kind of like a roll-up cheap pin. It's not like Cross lost clean. He lost on a dirty roll-up pin, so that's fine with me. He cut a pretty good promo after. What's more concerning to me is the fact that he looked different. His entrance was different. He didn't have Scarlet with him. That's not going to work for me on the main roster. I, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, on the Jeff Hardy side of things, you could tell he was so happy to have his team back. He was happy to have fans back. He really, truly deserves some kind of a push, some kind of a title opportunity just to be relevant again. He looked good. He did good in the match. I, I, I was okay with it. I know you don't seem like you were, but I was fine with it. I, I guess I, I I should clarify. Yeah, my bigger problem, kind of, we we're just talking about with Goldberg. The bigger problem comes from the booking there. Here, it's just like you just mentioned that more of that presentation aspect. They they bring Karen Cross up, new theme song, new presentation, no Scarlet. And for me, I'm a big fan of the way they presented Cross on NXT. I'm a big fan of his package deal with Scarlet. I think they're great together. And for me, they just feel like this big, this great money duo, and now you bring Cross up without Scarlet, and to me, that's kind of taking away a very important aspect of, of a success. Um, and as far as I know, as far as I can tell, the real, the only reason that they are separate right now, at least here, uh, with Cross on Raw without Scarlet, is that they kind of want to have her on her own. Uh, and for me, that it does feel like they're better off together, where they could they complement each other. And you know, even if you want to have uh, Scarlett as potentially, you know, as a woman's wrestler, join the women's division, cool, great. But you know, I don't see why I have to break them up like that. So, uh, yeah, I I can say I can see your argument that you know Cross lost with a roll up, and it's not like he lost clean. That's fine. But for me, he's an NXT champion. He's losing to Jeff Hardy. Uh, like this on his first night on Raw, you know, I just to me, it's not a good look, right? I just he's an NXT champion, and for me, a guy that has been very dominant, that's been very impressive, that that feels like a big deal, that has 
feels like he has the tools to be this great top, you know, big star now comes up and loses Jeff Hardy like this. Uh, I, I, I can't help but say it's almost a little disappointing. He'll show up tomorrow. Like nothing happened. Right, right. We talk about all the time. It feels like the, the right hand doesn't talk to the left. The NXT and main roster do not spend to be on the same page. So hard to disagree. I'm sure that come tomorrow night on NXT, uh, they might just kind of pretend like, yeah, told, no, it's a different world, different show that didn't happen. Um, and we'll have to roll with that as it is. But, you know, and uh, like you mentioned, he had a promo after the match. He said, you know, Jeff Hardy made a big mistake. Now, eventually, everyone fall, will fall and pray. So, I, I'm curious to see how, see how this goes down. Like, is, is he on Raw now? He's still an NXT champion. Uh, he choked out Joe, Samoa Joe last week. Are, the, are they going to feud? Um, I don't know. And, and that, that promo made it seem like he's going to be feuding with Hardy. So if, if he is sticking around on Raw, what does that mean? Of course, we'll talk about that on the NXT post show on Tuesday night. But uh, I just it, there are some definite variables there. And I'm curious to see how that goes. But uh, to sum it up here, at least for Karrion Cross, I agree with Francis Fernando. No Scarlet equals a pass for me, dog. I mean, yeah, this, they, they're great together. I think that Karrion Cross is at his best the way we've seen him with Scarlet by his side. Uh, so uh, b- between the loss and and not having Scarlet there, um, very disappointing in that sense. So if if that's the way they're going to roll with it, I hope that they kind of find a way to uh, improve his presentation because he did feel kind of generic in in, in some ways. Because I think Scarlet really did add that uh, distinct layer to to him as a character. So again, another disappointing aspect of that. So uh, that was one of the big, you know, takeaways for me tonight. Another one was, uh, at least in some sense, Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal continuing their feud. It was Jinder Mahal's birthday. We got a brief birthday celebration where I think it was Veer uh, saying happy birthday to Jinder. Drew McIntyre crashed the party and brutally attacked Veer with a chair. So still rolling with that feud as well. And I guess the, the the big thing there, at least, is that you know Drew McIntyre out of the WWE title picture, so that is worth celebrating at the very least. So you know we're rolling with that feud, and it feels like you know that might be uh, one of at least the Raw's big matches for SummerSlam. And if they can find a way to kind of build Ginger up in the next couple of weeks, I have no problem with it. Yeah, I do think this is probably going to be a SummerSlam feud of some sort. This might be one of those matches where they have some kind of like a stipulation like a cage or chairs match or whatever they're going to have there. Uh, I'm fine with it. Like I said, Drew's finally on the mid card where I thought, I don't want to say where I think he belongs, but where I think he should be for a little bit. Now he's been in the main event for the past year and a half, at least probably two years now. Uh, so I think it's, it's okay now to kind of get him to engender nice little mid card feud there. Uh, there's a meaningful story behind it. The match should be pretty good. Uh, I, there's no complaints from me with this story. Yeah. You know, to me, we've talked about it before. They've got that history. They've got, you know, a pretty easy story to tell in that sense. So uh, I'm curious to see how they kind of continue to roll with it. You know, and I hope they do incorporate more of that history there rather than the feud being about the the soul and sword and the, and the destroyed bike and this ruined birthday party. Um, you know, to me, the, the real story is, is that, you know, that shared past that they have as members of 3MB, as, as guys that got fired and came back to win the title, maybe leaning more on that and making more of this personal story rather than just, you know, the, you know, like I said, about the, the fact that Ginger stole a sword and being a little more silly like that. Uh, speaking of silly, we saw, a, uh, we saw some, uh, you know, maybe a comical development here where Reginald won the 24-7 championship. Um, we had a non-title match between Natalia and Tamina and Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I was very surprised to, to see that Jax and Baszler have not broken up yet. They're still together um, for whatever reason. And then uh, Natalia and Tamina won with another uh, accidental distraction from Reginald. Baszler got mad and Jax said, and I, I thought she'd kind of side with Reginald and they'd finally break up in front of the live crowd. But no, she attacked Reginald, walked out with Shayna Baszler. So they're still together, still together. Uh, but Reginald quickly, his, his fate turned around because when Akira Tozawa ran to the ring, uh, Reginald, Reginald attacked the 24-7 champion and pinned him to win the title. So, Reginald, 24-7 champion, and uh, Nia Jax and Shane Baszler are still together, John. Yeah, I can't help but to think it's just because the women's tag division is so lackluster and lacking teams right now, so they kind of have to rely on keeping them together. Possibly they just don't have anything for them to do right now. 
I mean, it's hard to see right now. Natalia and Tamina, I can tell you, uh, Tamina has not gotten over with the crowd during the Thunderdome era. She clearly got no reactions last night, Money in the Bank. Natalia, I mean, she's Natalia, so she always gets some kind of a reaction. But yeah, uh, the women's tag titles are on life support. <laughs> uh, they, they're just, there's, I mean, and we got Shotzi and Knox right now. They're clearly going to get a title match, it looks like, next. So at least we have that going on. But Shayna and Nia could be so much better on their own. I don't know why they're not. And then Reggie, whatever. I mean, he did some cool backflips and somersaults and that kind of stuff. So I'm fine with what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, good for him to still kind of have this somewhat, uh, I, don't, I don't think prominent is the right word, uh, because it's the 24-7 title. But at the same time, he's a champion. So that's something you know, for him. Uh and yeah, I, th- I think you hit, you hit it right on the head. Uh, Nijax, Shayna Baszler, probably should have broken up quite a while ago, but they just don't have many, many other teams, and and they continue to kind of lose even more depth. Kind of, uh, and granted, they're they're slowly trying to to fix that. They they, they did call up Shotzi, Tika, Knox, uh, but otherwise, you know, you kind of need uh, you know a, a credible team there. And Nijax, Shayna Baszler, they've been the champions, so. They're kind of stuck together in that sense, and until they kind of do add more depth uh, to the division, there, uh, I unfortunately for me at least, I've been saying I want them to break up for months now, but they are probably gonna stick together because, uh, as Francisco Nando says, the main uh, roster women's tag division is lacking in that sense. So uh, hopefully that they'll really kind of uh, address that going forward. But in the meantime, we're still gonna be stuck with Jackson Baszler moving forward without Reginald here, uh, and. I probably wouldn't expect Reginald to have the the, the title for too long, but uh, you know, at the very least, good for him to, to add his name to the long line of twenty four seven champions like that. So, uh, otherwise, we had a symphony of destruction match between Elias and Jackson Riker. John, you and I have talked about this for quite a while here, but uh, this was Riker's big. Not day reveal, <laughs> big reveal. Good, yes, big reveal in front of the live crowd. Um, mixed reactions, and I definitely saw a lot of people tweeting about the fact that, or that at least it seemed that WWE was piping in uh, some chance here, kind of uh, maybe complimenting the the uh, the natural cheers that the, you know, the. I couldn't tell honestly. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know how. How do people tell that they're piping in crowd noise? And when they say that, are they just piping it over TV, or are they piping it over the loudspeakers in the arena so that the crowd thinks that everybody's cheering? Like I don't understand how people pick up on the fact that they're doing that. It is whatever. I mean, regardless if they did, he still didn't really get that much of a reaction. It was mostly positive, if anything. Uh, but I think Elias was getting more cheers when he was using the whatever instrument I, at the time. He used so many different instruments. I don't know which one it was then, but the match itself was okay. I hope the feud's over. I would agree. I, I was surprised when the you know the, the match you know was was announced and then it started. I was like, oh, you know, I just I thought we were kind of done with this, and you know, I uh, I guess expected we'd get something with Jackson Riker because they have been pretty clearly kind of rolling rolling with him in that sense. Um, but you know, we got we got the Symphony of Destruction match. I didn't really. This is one of those matches where I didn't really care kind of going into it, but they they got me to at least be more interested than I was at the start. Cause they obviously they tried, they, they were really going all out. They, this was a pretty brutal match. We had Elias hitting uh, Riker with a cello. They uh, got slammed through a, a table. They were, you know, drum, they, they used drums and, and the piano, all these things. I mean, it was a pretty brutal match. Elias started bleeding. Um, you know, so definitely it, it exceeded my expectations in that sense. And, and it, like you said, it is worth you know noting that Elias seemed to be getting a little more of the positive reaction, even as a guy that's very much positioned as the usual heel like that. So uh, first night out, you, you, John, you mentioned, yeah, Riker didn't really get any real reaction. And I guess that's better than the expectation that he'd get a lot of booze. So I guess that's a positive um and may, yeah maybe i guess maybe maybe uh elias getting cheered maybe had more to do with the fact he's in there with Riker. i don't know um but no definitely worth uh keeping an eye on kind of as we go forward here whether we see uh more even you know this this maybe uh determination to keep rolling with Riker as a face or if they decide it's not working that's kind of where i've been leaning for a couple weeks now but 
you know, WWE is going to WWE at the end of the day. Don't want to skate over the fact we got a brief bro off between John Cena oh, and God. Riddle. I talked about John Cena's promo a little bit. We talked about the fact he's probably going to be challenging Roman Reigns. But uh, right at the end of his promo, Riddle came out and they had a, they had a bro off. They just said bro a bunch of times and fine. I, I don't know. I didn't love it. Didn't hate it. It was just it was what it was. You know, I was really hoping after that interaction that Orton's music was going to hit and he was going to come out because he has history with Cena, obviously. Yeah. It would have been a cool stare down. I mean, at some point, you do get concerned, like, okay, where's Orton? Because, like, SummerSlam's coming. If they're going to do a tag program, they need to get on the ball here. Uh, I don't know if this is just a summer sabbatical for him or, or what's going on here, but uh, it's a little concerning, I guess, at this point that there's been not really tonight. They didn't even mention him at all. Right. I agree. And it's weird because uh, pretty much every time Riddle's on the bump or something, he he references Orton. Uh, he was on the bump before Money in the Bank yesterday, and he said he misses Randy. And he said, I think, something along the lines of there have been some sightings and Randy's been out and about working out. Um, but from the from a you know the, the on screen on screen perspective. Randy has not been seen. He hasn't been mentioned. Nothing. Uh, definitely some valid concern there. And yeah, you know, we've been saying for weeks we, we really expect to see AJ and almost defend against uh, Riddle and, and Orton there for SummerSlam. And it is, you know, just a little over a month away now. So I think actually, no, just, yeah, literally a month and two days pretty much. Yep. Um, and yeah, they are running out of time in that sense. So I, I hope that the, the Randy comes back soon. They can do that. But if not, I don't know. Uh, obviously, we, we've been talking about it for a while that RK Bro has been working very well. It's a great storyline, and I've been enjoying it a lot. But with with Randy being missing, you know, I, I don't I don't know. And, and we, we still don't know where he is. Like Johnny mentioned being the being on like a sabbatical of sorts. We, we, we just don't know. And we, we're kind of like Keith Lee's absence. We just don't really know what's going on there. And hopefully he'll be back soon. But uh Let's have to wait and see what happens with that. But for the tag division, at least, we do know that the Viking Raiders will be challenging almost and Styles again next week. They announced that rematch a little later in the show uh, on Monday night. So uh, the Viking Raiders unsuccessfully challenged at Money in the Bank. It was a good match, but Styles and Almost will defend the titles again because we saw uh, the Viking Raiders pin John Morrison or Johnny Drip Drip in a six-man tag team match to open or after Cena's promo to open the show. Um fine again kind of like the women's tag division not a whole lot of depth here but uh yeah maybe maybe may a little disappointed to see america's moist wanted take the pinfall right here uh right john uh i guess so i mean somebody had to uh i was okay with how it all went down i guess um we have the tag division looking a little better i mean we have uh, Ali and Mansoor forming a, ta a tag team at least next week to have a match. Orton and Riddle were still in the picture. I mean, they've maintained a top 15 spot in my universal rankings pretty much ever since they've started to be a team. So, uh, and AJ Styles and, and Omos finally jumped from 24 up to like 12 this week. Big jump for them, finally getting to defend their titles. Uh, Omos is looking better every week. Styles is Styles, so I mean, obviously, nothing to say there. And then, of course, Viking Raiders looked pretty good. You can never, you know, they always look good in the ring. And uh, the Miz will eventually be cleared to come back, so you're going to have the Miz and Morrison. I think the tag division is fine on Raw right now. No complaints there. Uh, but I, I just would like to see Orton and Riddle get a tag match, a, a title match. I agree. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, I uh, the the division of definitely needs some more depth in that sense. So I think it's fine. I think you can always use more depth, but when you've got the Viking Raiders, now you've got uh, potentially Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. You got Shanky uh, and Veer. Potentially, right? I mean, any number of potential combos there. You you do have the new day, as Nash Chris pointing out. So, uh, and and like you just mentioned, even if you're even if you're joking, just about saying you could get Jinder uh, Mahal's lackeys, Veer uh, and Shanky there as a duo potentially. Retribution still hanging around. You've got um, the Lucha House Party. I mean, you've got depth, but in terms of like legitimate contenders, you know, maybe a, a little lacking in that sense. Uh, I feel like Robert and I talk about this every week. I'm sure you and I have talked about it before, but friend of the show, Nando, saying the tag title should be unified after SummerSlam. We can continue to hope, but I don't know. I feel like 
We do, we do know they're going to do at least one super show in the fall for Madison Square Garden. I feel like that that's probably a little more just a one-off than, than uh, anything anything like that. Obviously, we can, we can hope sure. one day. But um, did, I did do want to note that, yes, as Ray Garris was pointing out, we saw a bunch of championship contender matches tonight. Not not non-title matches, not number one, not number one contender matches, but non-title matches uh, between a champion and a potential challenger were referred to as championship contender matches. A uh, bit of a new kind of twist there. Yeah, so it's weird. The concept appears to be a championship contender match implies that if the contender beats the champion they are therefore entitled to a future championship match. So it's uh, we've seen this before. What was, we saw this last week, didn't we, with somebody. Uh, was it, I think it might have been on SmackDown, right? I think it was Natalia Tamina facing uh, Tegan and yes. Shotzi again. Yeah. So, yeah, Shotzi and Tegan appears that they will get a title match at some point. Uh, that's what I got of what Cole was explaining when he said that a championship contender match is where if you could beat the champion, then you have earned yourself a title match, which is what they told um, on Raw tonight. They said when Adam Pearson and uh, Sonya Deville came out, they gave somebody a championship contender match. Um, and I forget who that was. Was Rhea and Charlotte a title match tonight? It was, right? Yeah. And then oh, Charlotte, yeah. then Charlotte, you know, pulls her, her tactics to keep the title. But obviously that didn't work. So uh, tons of changes they've been implementing. Um, clearly, we're still waiting on Becky. That's one of the returns. I think now that's. I think that's the only one we can really confirm that will. I mean, the Fiend. People are waiting on the Fiend to come back too. So you got those two. It's weird. They've been promoting the Fiend's merchandise quite a bit over the recent week. Uh, they released a new shirt at Money in the Bank. They promoted some of his stuff tonight in the arena. I've seen some pictures from people in the arena. They had another new shirt of his out tonight, but yeah, he's nowhere to be seen. So let's talk about the Fiend here real quick. Uh, what, what do you think of, uh, about him and when he might come back? I thought I remember the rumor being that he was advertised for, I think, August 9th. Uh, and if that's, I guess, uh, it's, it's entirely possible he, he, he uh, could come back before that. Or even after that, uh, yet again, kind I'm of like thinking Rudy. maybe two weeks and because uh, they're going to be in Chicago and they always do something big in Chicago. So maybe they're maybe, I mean, they do kind of like seemingly like to kind of, uh, orient the shows around big cities like that. Uh, of course the returning Madison square garden in the fall, but Chicago, definitely a big city as well. Uh, I, I would agree with Nash Curtis. The fiend has been gone too long. I would say Randy Orton's been, been gone too long. So with John Cena returning with potentially Becky Lynch returning, and hopefully we're going to get everybody back in the fold you know, in short order. Uh, and if they, if we do summer, summer Sam should be, and it, it already should be, but if we get everybody back in the fold, it should be a very, uh, a very, very exciting show. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and tonight was definitely kind of the, if not if not the first step, uh, another step towards SummerSlam. Right, we had Friday Night SmackDown this past week with live fans. Then we had Money in the Bank. John, you were there to enjoy it in person. Now we had Raw with the first the first Raw with live fans back. So we're very. And much don't on. forget this Saturday. It is the first house show since the pandemic. That'll be in Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll, I will be there as well. We'll have somebody somebody at WrestleZone will be uh, putting the results and my tweets and everything in a post. Uh, it's always intriguing when they have a non-televised event because you don't know what you're going to see. You don't know what matches are going to happen, who's going to win, stuff like that. So um, it should be very interesting, and, and I'll be at that one too. So um, anything else we need to talk about for Raw tonight, or are we going to get to the Please, ratings now. here? we got to rate the show. Yeah. Uh, we we hit on all the all the big ones and all the things that are really that really stood out to me. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you can you rate it first, scale of one to ten, because I got to I got to collect my thoughts here. So yeah, uh, what did you give Money in the Bank last night? So I, I I caught the end of the show, but I didn't catch what you gave it for a rating. I think I gave it like a nine or so. Because okay, was, I was so I, I gave it an eight point seven five last night. Uh, SmackDown, I also gave an, an eight point five. Uh, Raw tonight, uh, I'm gonna give it a seven point two five. It was just slightly above average, a little bit. Like we, I've always talked about, seven is pretty much average for us. I know it's kind of skewed. You would think five is average, but seven is average for us usually. 
Um, you know, Cena, Goldberg, uh, Keefley, you got big returns, big stories, crowd back. I think that just makes it a little bit above average for me. Obviously, the quality of the show about, I've seen people saying it's just on par with the Thunderdome era, but there's fans there now. The fans are going to give it a rating boost tonight. I, I fully expect this to be probably the highest rated show, maybe of the calendar year so far, at least this summer. At least since WrestleMania, this should be the highest show, I would think. Um, can Raw get back to that 2 million mark? Interesting to think about. Um, they've been hovering at like 1.5, 1.6, 1.7 on a good night the past couple months. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with a 7.25. Fair enough. We're getting kind of a nice range of numbers here. Nesh Curtis with a 9, Stephen Chambers with a 7, Jesse Mata with a 6.75, Mike Mawo, sorry if I'm not pronouncing that right, with a 6. Uh, let's see, Michael Michael Kent with a 5, not liking it too, too much. Uh, Francisco Nando with a 7.4 dog, saying it's the, the best it's been in quite a while. Uh, Nesh Curtis repeating her 9, DJ Kese with a 9, Kevin Taylor with an 8, and Ray Garza with an 8 as well. And Stephen Chambers with a hopeful message that Raw will get better, knock on wood. <laughs> um, and some more here as well. Laura Rock and 8.10 and Benjamin A. Jones with a 6.9. I, what about you? I would give it like probably like a 7.2, and 7.1 of that's probably all John Cena because uh, there was some stuff I just really didn't love. Um, I, and like I said, I I, I can I, I liked the, the the surprise ending of Nikki Ash winning. Uh, it was it was good to see Keith Lee back, but then he lost. It was good to see Kieran Gross get called up, but he lost. Um, so you know, it's like it was definitely just a mixed bag, and it was hard. It's hard to really like rate it um, too highly. And yes, the fans being back makes a big difference. We're say we've been sitting here for months, and Raw has been very hard to get through. Uh, without fans, the three-hour slog we joke about all the time. Fans being back, it's it's better. You know, you've got great pops, great reactions, and it's it's a more much more uh, enjoyable viewing experience. But uh, it felt like tonight could have been just an, a, a home run waiting to happen. And if you look at it on paper, yeah, you've got John Cena coming back, you've got uh, Goldberg coming back, Keith Lee, Carrying uh, Cross. Like on, you you see that on paper, and you're like, wow, like what what a great what was could be a great show. And you know, just some of the ways that these things happen specifically, not great, not ideal. So um, regardless. Good, a, a good show in the sense that yes, fans are back. It's exciting. You know, I wrote a feature just just before the show went on air about hey, fans are back. Money in the Bank was great. It's a great time, great time to enjoy wrestling because that's what we do here at WrestleZone. John and I are here every Monday talking about Monday Night Raw. We'll be here uh, Tuesday night talk to talk about NXT. Whoever knows what's going to happen with Karrion Cross. The Diamond Dudes uh, to cover all things AEW, and they also do WCW rewritten uh, for fun Facebook and stuff. Robert E. Fleece and I talk about Friday Night SmackDown on Saturday mornings, and uh, we also have a great stream of interviews constantly coming at you guys. Bill Pritchard recently interviewed uh, Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder. I interviewed uh, Ring of Honor star Shane Taylor. Uh, just a, a great stream of interviews constantly coming at you guys. Make sure to leave a like and subscribe. So, John, the fans are back. Wrestling is back. So now, more than it has been in quite a while, it's easy to do the one thing we do here at Wrestling. Can you remind me what that is? Enjoy the wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.